the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. New York City, Thursday night, summertime, and there's nothing pre-recorded here except maybe a commercial or two. We are live. We are local. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy day around the city with different cases. we got a big show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about COVID. We may talk a little bit about your credit report and how that's been affected by the whole uh, economy and raising interest rates. Hopefully, we'll be able to get to all of that, but we are going to start um, with the news of the day that popped up on everyone's phone or everyone's screen at some point along the way. And, and it was a big topic of conversation here at the law firm of Idala Pertuna and Cammons. The loss of a New York American international movie star by the name of James Kahn. And yes, you could hear that music in the background. And uh, it, it's hard to say that he was known for any movie uh, more than his role of Sonny in The Godfather. Uh, and so when I reached out, I said, you know, who could we... I, I need to talk to someone who knows James Caan and uh, knew James Caan. And I've heard stories, but I, I you know, not firsthand stories. So, of course, I reached out to my friend of, uh, I don't know, 40. I could do the math, but since I'm 11 years old. Uh, the TV producer, Bruce Sharrett, who is here in the office with me in the, on a, a real live microphone. And um, Bruce, tell me, let's start off by how you know uh, Jamie Kahn. I'm trying to remember. I, I've sort of narrowed it down to two possibilities. I either met him with uh, Alan King, who I was working for in my early 20s. I certainly was with him a lot with Alan. Or I met him with Sidney Beckerman, the television, the, 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 the movie producer. But either way, um, Arthur, I know him my, you know, my whole adult life since I'm in my early 20s. And he was an amazing character. You know, I, I've been thinking about him this afternoon when you called me and you asked me if I would come on the show. And I was kind of trying to figure out what is it that I can sort of say about Jimmy in, in, in a couple of minutes or in five or 10 or 15 minutes that'll matter and that people might want to know. And there are people much better equipped than I to sort of delve into his contribution as an actor. I, he was certainly an extraordinary actor. And, and I think one thing that was important to him, he was really a much better light comedian than people realized he was. And that was always interesting to me because when you were with him, personally 
he didn't feel like an actor at all. He felt like a saloon comic. I mean, he was just funny, and he was hip, and he and he always had a joke, and he was the center of attention, and he was sort of glib. So he didn't have the kind of introspection that you 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 find hanging around actors. He was he felt much more like a comedian to me than he did like an actor. And he, he, you, you see that in some of his movies. They weren't necessarily his most successful movies. He made a movie with Bette Midler called For the Boys, and even, even the sequel to Funny Girl that he made with Barbara Streisand, Funny Lady. He just has that charming, light comedian. There was a part of him, he, he, I think if you, if you get into his soul as an actor, there was part of him that wanted to be Humphrey Bogart because he had that kind of tough hoodlum thing going on. And then there was a part of him that was Cary Grant. He was this, he was the Jewish tough guy, Cary Grant from Sunnyside, Queens. Tell me a little bit about his childhood. When did he grow well, up? He grew, I mean, he grew up in Sunnyside, Queens. Um, I'm not a, a, a maven on his childhood. And, you know, you no, could but he's, prob- a, he's a New you Yorker. You can Wikipedia him and probably find all that. Yeah, definitely a New Yorker. He was, um, I know he went to, he, he went to Hofstra. And I, I oh, remember, wow, a real New Yorker. And I remember his classmates were Lainey Kazan and Francis Coppola, he used to talk about. And Lainey I know really well, and she would always talk about that. And, um, and did, then, he, did he ever talk to you about, you know, the, the movie The Godfather and what that was well, like, what that experience well, well, was like for he him? He did. I, well, first of all, you, he had the, his relationship with Francis Coppola predated The Godfather. He had done, and the name of the movie escapes me, He had, I think his first movie that he did, he did for Francis, and then he also uh, had gone to college with him. So they really went back. Oh, and, and then, you know, there's all those stories, and everybody, the Godfather now has become, the, the, it's hard to separate the reality from the fiction with the series. And there's a new with thing, the, the series, offer. With the series that. that's on now. But, you know, it was certainly the defining film for him, but it also was kind of, it's also a curious thing because he's in that movie with Al Pacino and the sequel has De Niro, obviously, and those are those towering performances of that period. And I think one of the curious things about Jimmy's career is he was tall and handsome in a moment in history when leading men were not necessarily tall and handsome. He was at a came up, you know, his career broke at a time when it was the moment for Pacino and Dustin Hoffman and De Niro. And he kind of, in his heart, I think, always saw himself as a, he was kind of Tony Curtis and Cary Grant. And it was the wrong moment in history for that. And, and when you sort of go through his career, he made a lot of good choices, but he made so many films and he worked and worked and worked. But he was a, he was just a, an extraordinary force of nature to be around. He was funny and hip, and and again, this is a New York show. There was nobody who was more New York than Jimmy Conn was. He was just you know it, it. New York came out of his pores. The rain people. Does that make does that sound I, right that, to you? Well, there's nothing like Google. Well, no, it's not Google. It's a friend of mine who keeps you know keeps us on the straight and narrow. Yes, but uh, that, of his exactly um right. of his um movies. Do you but take the Godfather out of the mix? There's, what, is there one there that's uh, special well, for you? Well, I mean, Misery. He was brilliant in Misery, and then they, he did an early film called Cinderella Liberty, which to me was an extraordinary performance. But you know, he again he made so many movies, 
and you can you can he's never bad and you can sort of even when you look at him on the television show i got i had two relationships with him i had the original relationship when i was a kid and with alan and and then when i was an executive at cbs we tried to develop some stuff for him and we worked on a lot of stuff he ended up doing a series he ended up doing a series at nbc called vegas or las vegas where he came into the show it was a pre-existing show wasn't the greatest show ever and it had kind of an attractive soap opera kind of cast and it always was amusing to me because jimmy was jimmy jimmy was this sort of anchor and he was fantastic as he always is was he uh, a, a ladies man i was born in brooklyn i don't talk about those things. <laughs> jimmy would be I, I i would belie who i am and who he is if i were to talk about that <clears throat> now what other organized crime flick was he in besides uh, the guy? His life. Oh, really? He he had a he certainly had a penchant for the street. A penchant for the street. Only here on the Author Idola Power Out, he is something like a a penchant There's, for the street. Isn't wasn't that an elegant way of saying that he was a gangster groupie? Is that is that what it he, is? He liked he liked wise guys. He just he did, and they liked him. And um, why not? You know, who who was a better romantic figure than Sonny Corleone? For 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 if you're if you're part of that life, he created the prototype. He created the ultimate romantic figure that everybody wanted to be. So they loved him, and he loved them, and that was a big part of his journey. And did he ever uh, profess to you about, you know, whether he had a preference for a role? Like you said, he's better in, in light comedy. Well, did well, he I, say that that's really what yeah, he wanted I think, to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, we did talk about that at, when I was at CBS. I think that if he were to be, to revisit his career, I think the thing that he feels he missed was the opportunity to show himself as a great light comedian. And again, I, I, I talk about the picture he made with Bette Midler because it wasn't really a success and it wasn't a great movie, but he's kind of really great in it. And if you're a Jimmy Kahn fan and you haven't seen it, you should go back and look at it because he loved it and he loved playing that role. So it's a, kind of an interesting sort of a eye into him. Uh, we actually have somebody who you and I called, who's a mutual friend of ours, who worked with him as a director. And the fact that we were able to find him uh, as he's yachting off the coast of Sardinia is kind of extraordinary. But he's yeah, waiting. We, we spoke to Brett Ratner. I'm trying to get back, get him back on the phone. Alex, since that was your job, have you been able to get Mr. Ratner on the phone? That was a hell of I a setup if trying. we lost him. I will, I will keep working at this. I promise you that. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. And... Uh, and um, we're going to come back and, uh, I don't know, Bruce is here in the office. Well, you know, Bruce can talk about anything. So we'll see what, uh, what the future holds here on the Idola Power Hour. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So, you know, we're going to be right back. But you never know if you're going to be right back. And you don't know if you're going to get sick or if you're going to die or whatever's going to happen to you. So don't, you know, don't make the mistake that Jimmy Kahn may have made and not be prepared. Make sure you have a will. Make sure you have a health care proxy. Make sure you're positioned so that if you or your significant other falls ill, that you're eligible for Medicaid because you probably deserve it. Uh, 
the cost of a nursing home, folks, is ridiculous. It could be $500 a day, $15,000 a month. It could bankrupt you. But don't worry. If you speak to the folks at Connors and Sullivan, they'll set you up so that you are best positioned not to go bankrupt, not to lose your hard-earned savings. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid any dire news about your finances. So call Connors and Sullivan. They're going to give you a free initial consultation with a lawyer at 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. And remember, it's not too late. It's never too late. So act today. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, you'll be glad that you did. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. Yet when it comes to workers' comp insurance, you rarely get the savings you deserve. That's because insurance companies tend to lump you in with other businesses, and you could get overcharged. At Pi Insurance, we're on a mission to change that. With Pi, you get a quote specific to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. If you like savings, take three minutes to see how much you could save at trypi.com. Pi makes workers' comp insurance as easy as Pi, with friendly representatives just a call away. No wonder customers rate our service excellent on Trustpilot. You work hard to build your business and keep your employees safe. You deserve more from your workers' comp provider. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote today at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Here comes the sun. All right, folks, we have on the line from somewhere on the planet Earth, I don't exactly know where, but someone else who knows the actor James Conn, who we lost today at the age of 82 years old. Are you there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brett Ratner? I am here, guys. Who are you there with? Who's there? Oh, I'm here with a very handsome uh, friend of yours who actually introduced us by the name of Bruce Sharrett. Oh, my God. The mob aficionado. Ive oh, is mere. Here we go. Now, <laughs> Br- Brett, Brett, let me Listen, let me he, ask you Bruce something. Bruce is Bruce Sharrett is, is is the the literally the only he's like an encyclopedia of 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 Jewish culture and mafia history. Oh, there we go. Well, I don't I don't know where Jim, Jimmy Conn falls in all he, that. He actually he actually it's actually a perfect setup because he falls right in the middle of Jewish culture and modern. The middle history. of that, but, exactly. Brett, let me ask you a question. Just a curious thing, because I was talking about Jimmy before, and I was yeah. trying to explain to the audience that when you were with him socially, he really didn't yeah. feel like an actor. He felt like a nightclub comic. 
always with the jokes, yeah. always carrying on. Is that very, not true? Very, very funny. Brilliantly funny. Brilliantly funny. And and one of the uh, first of all, one of the coolest guys ever, and the greatest broad shoulders you have ever seen in your life. Like so literally, his shoulders are as big yeah, as they are in the. There's no there's no uh, cinematography going on to make his shoulders no, look no, so no, weird. No, no tricks. Those shoulders were were amazing, and Jimmy was, I mean, one of the funniest. He was a raconteur. I mean, Bruce calls me a raconteur, but the truth is, Jimmy. You Bruce know, calls himself like, a rock like on tour, but he can't. Wait, Bruce can't call himself a rock on tour because that'll make you seem what? It'll make me seem pretentious. So I, what was the other word you used? A dilettante? A dilettante. Yeah, it would make me seem like a dilettante. Truthfully, I, I'm a better rock on tour than Brad or Jimmy, but that's the difference. That's, that's a show for another being, day. Being, being with Jimmy Kahn is, 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 was like beyond just being with like a, a great actor from The Godfather or a movie star. Being with Jimmy Kahn was was um was like being you know with a with a with a one of these great characters from where I grew up which is Miami Beach so I I was you know I'm a I'm a guy who's like in, grew up in Miami Beach fell in love with all these great Jewish characters and Jimmy you know was was not only a tough Jew as tough as it got but he was real well, give me an example. Like what do you mean? You. What do you mean he's a tough Jew? What is he in the on the street corner fighting I, I, the, the I, I, gangs I, I, in New York? I'll give you as long as we're getting into this. This was a Jimmy thing. You'd walk into a restaurant with Jimmy, and you'd sit down and have breakfast, and he'd constantly make be making a fist, right? And he'd be making a fist, and he'd be looking at his hand, and he'd take his left hand, and he'd be holding his right hand, and he'd be manipulating it, and he'd be grimacing it, and he'd do it and do it and do it until you finally said to him. Jimmy, what's wrong with you? And he said, well, I had it three guys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, li- li- live radio. Sorry I apologize that. for that. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jerry Crowley. Um, I hope Alex was quick on that button. Um, no, but, he did, was, but, he was, but he didn't he was, really hit anybody. You never know. Brett, do you think he hit the guys? I believe. I mean, he's tough. He's tough. But what he was is it was just a... His his persona was that he was a no bull guy. If he liked you, if he was your friend, <laughs> guys, you were his guys friend. between the two of you, we're <laughs> on terrestrial radio, Brett. No cursing. Sorry, there sorry. are children BS. listening. Oh, sorry, sorry. BS, BS. So he was he was no BS. He he was he was as real as they came. And if he was your friend, he was your friend for life. He was literally. I mean, he had his bet. I met him because he was very very close with the Sofer family, who I grew up with in Miami. And Don Sofer, who's kind of a legendary character, you know, I think his two best friends, I think back in the day, I'm talking back in the day from like going back from the 70s maybe, was, was Hugh Hefner, obviously, and and Donnie Sofer, who was like the Miami version, I guess, of, of Hugh Hefner, except probably richer. But he was, you know, he was, they were, he was a guy's guy. If you hung out with, with, with Jimmy, you know, stories for days, the most fun, you walked away feeling like you you lived the, the life with him because he took you there he took you back there from his great storytelling to his just stories about you know everything i mean he, he did it brent how long do you know my favorite i don't remember 20 something years i mean when he okay. did when he did but i used to see him in turnberry in miami when i was a kid he had remember donnie Silver had a boat called the monkey business that that who was the president uh gary hart got gary hart gary hart yeah, there was a big scandal, and that was a time when Jimmy Conn was hanging out down at Turnberry back in the day. And I was a kid. I was 12, 13 years old, so I would see him around. We weren't like pals because I was a kid. I was friends with his best friend's 
son. But then I grew up and became a film director, and of course we met and we became really tight. But he acted in a in a short film for me. Um, I did a short film uh, called New York, I Love You. It was it was a short that was a part of part of a, a feature where a bunch of it was like a what is it called? Not an ensemble. When ten ten different directors do a uh, like Anthology. a collective of short films. Anthology, right? And uh, Jimmy was great. And Jimmy would show up for me. I mean, I call him up my. I got my, my, my assistant a few million dollars to direct a horror movie that took place during Christmas called Santa's Sleigh. So you can imagine, you know. Nice. Um, By the way, we're talking to Brett Ratner, a, a storied yeah. uh, Hollywood producer who's now talking about Santa's Sleighs. That's not exactly uh, your greatest accomplishment, Brett Ratner, but keep talking about Jimmy No, Conn. I'm very uh, proud of it because I'm proud of it because I, 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 my assistant – who was a great assistant dream was to become a director. And I said, don't worry, I'll make it happen. And he wrote a script and it was, you know, it was what it was. It was the only script he ever wrote. But, um, Jimmy Khan showed up and did a cameo in the film for me. And he knew what it was. He didn't care, but that's what type of friend he was. You asked him to do something, right? I probably had a lot of nerve asking him, but he just did it. He did it. Isn't that the job of a Hollywood producer to have a lot of nerve? Yeah, but I'm a director, so I don't consider myself a producer. All right. But, anyway, okay. but, but this particular thing you were producing. Um, <laughs> Brett, tell me a little bit about his personal life, whatever you know, about you know, wives and girlfriends and Jim? children. I don't, um, I don't know much about that. Okay. His son is a great friend, Scott Kahn. Right. And Scott is a great actor, too. And Scott is like his mini-me. Scott's got the same broad shoulders, the curly hair. He's a great writer. Really smart. The guy I love the most, the most, is Ronnie Kahn. Bruce, you know Ronnie? Very, very well. Ronnie Ronnie has got Jimmy's yeah. sense of humor, Jimmy's attitude, but he, he is this wasn't his son? successful. No, it's his, it's brother. his brother. That's what I think. His brother. And he's just the character. He's like, and he lives in Beverly Hills, and he knows everybody, and he's always around. And and uh, Brett, you know who we should talk about? How about Jimmy? I want to get someone. I want to get someone on the phone really quick who directed Jimmy and his best movie, The Gambler. I'm going to get him on the phone right now because he's got the greatest stories. What can someone get? Can someone call him? Call him? Yeah, right we're, now? We're, we're, yeah we're, <laughs> I love this show. We're I'm gonna take nobody a- has better. Nobody has better Jimmy Conn stories than James Toback. Okay, and, let me just and, uh, let me just ask you something. Let me just ask you yeah. something, Brett. Um, what is you know, you're you're living in this world, you and Bruce? What is his legacy going to be, James Conn? Well, I'll tell you this: he was an underrated actor. He was he was in such an iconic film, The Godfather, that you know he's known for that. But it's like you know he had a lot of uh, not only talent, but he was he had a diverse kind of. I mean, two of my favorite films of that period around The Godfather was The Gambler, directed by Toback, who I just mentioned, and Thief, directed by Michael Mann. But what's great about what people didn't know, or maybe they didn't know, they knew it, but they didn't realize, or people don't realize now, is how diverse a talent he was. Because he also did some of the great, um, some great comedies. And, he, you know, he did a lot of great dramatic films, and he played a great tough guy. But I, like Bruce was saying, he's one of the funniest guys to ever be around, and it was so great to see him later on in his career doing comedies. Well, uh, and where does Misery go down in his uh, his resume? You know, 
I always say it's not about one film. It's about a body of work. And Jimmy loved to work. He was so great. Um, he comes from that Harvey Keitel kind of era, that school, you know, tough Jews, I call them. <laughs> and, and he didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't pull any punches. If he didn't like, you know, the direction you were giving him, he would, he would ask you or challenge you or, you know, but he wasn't a bully. He had a, you know, great heart and he was Did had he- an incredible generosity. He had a generosity of spirit where a lot of actors, you know, of course there's vanity involved. Of course there's, there's, you know, okay, you know, there's ego. But at the end of the day, he was a beautiful person, just a, a generous, beautiful man. And Did he, did and, he, make, uh, some, did he make some money? I think he had ups and downs. He you made know, a lot of movies, he, so he made... He made a ton of movies. I mean, if you look at I mean, he made, he made a, a ton a, of a, And a lot of them he shouldn't have made, but that was because he was, you know, he made <laughs> movies to make money. Brett, did you know his mom? I don't think I ever met his mom. No. His mom lived to be 101 years old, and she lived on Crescent Drive in Beverly Hills, and he used to go visit his wow. mom. Ronnie used to go visit his mom. And she was oh my God. the toughest little old lady, and she would... I'd oh, see yeah. her in the it was in those days it was Mrs. Gucci's it became Whole Foods and she was Jimmy only 52 with a suntan and tough as oh, nails and she would say you hear from my son that's like I heard from him Ronnie I hear from Jimmy I got a pulling teeth for me for, it, she was hysterical but he took very good care of her I'll tell you this I'll tell you this one of the great comedy duos of in history okay was not Abbott and Costello it's Jimmy Conn and Ronnie Conn. Yeah, I was Ronnie, on a plane with them, on a, on a private plane, flying from, I don't know, Miami to L.A., whatever, L.A. to Miami, L.A. to New York, with these two guys. I, I was peeing in my pants the entire flight. They were ragging on each other, but it was humor, of course. But it was one of the most brilliant comedy skits I had ever sat through. We laughed the entire flight. These guys were, I mean, telling stories about their childhood and their, you know, and drugs and party. And, oh, it was crazy. So, it Brett, talking about, reading, talking about having a crazy life, uh, am I allowed to ask or tell the viewers where you are right now? Oh, I'm in the south of France. <laughs> but I'm, I'm headed to Italy, to Portofino, to go to my favorite restaurant in the world, one of them called Puni. You have okay. to go if you're Italian. It's P-U-N-I? delicious. I'm going just to yeah, well, of course. We gotta, uh, Arthur, well, Arthur yeah. and I don't have to go there because we're going to 56th Street after this to Joe G's <laughs> restaurant to eat Sicilian food. And and it's the, probably, oh the best, the, probably the best Sicilian in the city. Now, Brett, uh, before we sign off, I got a minute left. Are you and I going to meet up a little in a couple of weeks in uh, Paris? We're going to meet. We're, I'm meeting you in Paris. We're going to go to the Rolling Stones concert because nobody loves the Rolling Stones as much as you. No, 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 that's not true. You've, you've seen him many more times than I have. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, the, by the way, that's my, my summer vacation, considering what's going on with my family uh, and staying wow. here in a stateside. So my vacation is going to be with Brett Ratner, who, by the way, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. It, you know, it's going to be a really yeah. a lot of fun for me. But anyway, uh, we'll be hanging out together <laughs> watching the roller shows. Brett, thank you for making the time to call in, buddy. I appreciate it. All right. And, love uh, you guys. We'll see you talk soon. You. Thanks. That's Brett Ratner talking right. about uh, Jimmy Khan. And we have uh, Bruce Sharrett in studio.
We're going to take a quick break here at the bottom of the hour, and we'll be right back to, um, I don't know, Joan will tell us what we're talking about next, but I want to talk about Brooklyn next, so don't go anywhere. I go to sleep and keep grinning If this is just the beginning My life is gonna be Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule Changing the world one life at a time I truly, truly love the product It has kept me going I mean, I'm 70 and I'm still out here fighting fire because I'm in and out of a truck, I'm dragging fire hose. I just feel better all over, and my mind, I seem more in tune to my situational awareness, like what's going on around me, and, you know, because we have to have heads up most of the time. But I find it easier to do all these things. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free and don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code BALANCE. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide to this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. The biggest legal stories of the day, including that WNBA player who can't get out of Russia, now sentenced to maybe 10 years. We will talk with Imran Ansari, our legal journalism superstar. That's Kevin McCullough, Imran Ansari, coming up tonight at 7. Join us. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala. Well, if you want to know anything about Jimmy Khan, uh, you certainly got a little dose uh, the first part of the show. Um, very lucky to have access to those people who knew him personally for quite some time. And he sounds like a real fun guy. Um, You know, obviously his body of work. It's interesting, though, when you scroll through, and you really have to scroll through, there's so many movies that he made. Um, Only really a handful that you would know of. Um, But, uh, you know, 82 years old, these guys are going to start going. You know, who's not going is um, he's 94 years old today. Who remembers... 
I'm going to mispronounce his last name, even though I know it so well. Doc Severinsen. I think I did good with that. Doc Severinsen, the American trumpet player and conductor on The Tonight Show. Um, do me a favor, Alex. See if you could find the uh, opening of the Johnny Carson Tonight Show when you get a second. Um, it is also uh, Ringo Starr's birthday. 81 years old. Wow. Holy cow. I mean, the, the fact that... It seems like yesterday these guys were kids. Um, they're far from kids, but I'm happy. Someone who still is a kid is Michelle Kwan, the American figure skater. The um, two-time, she won two-time Olympic champion. She's a five-time world champion, nine-time U.S. world champion. U.S. champion, not the U.S. world champion. She's 41 years old today. Um, I was in Brooklyn last night. I had to pay a shiva call to... Uh, Really, it's my friend's dad, although I knew the dad uh, and and the and his wife and his kids and his grandkids and the great-grandkids. It was in Borough Park, in um, more or less the heart of Borough Park. What was surprising to me was in this predominantly uh, Hasidic neighborhood, how many Asian Americans, well, I don't even know if they're Americans, but how many Asians uh, were there. Uh, and I hesitate saying they were Asian Americans because I didn't hear a word of English. Uh, it was pretty funny. I'm, I'm walking down the block. I'm with Luca after the show. We're going to play a shiva call, pay a shiva call, and I mean I love it. I, I, I please take this the right way. And this is what I love about Brooklyn. Um, you're on one block, and there's like a Spanish bodega, and there, there's like a sign in the window. It's in Spanish. Then you look at the opposite corner, and it is—it looks like something out of China, like the architecture on the building itself. Like they added on, a, a, I guess you call it a sconce or something along those lines, that makes it look like, um, like the the Chinese kind of arches. So it's clearly like Chinese. So now on the same block, in the middle of the block, you have like a Hispanic thing on the corner. There is a Chinese thing, and then diagonally across the street, and I don't know what kind of store it was. It's everything is written in Chinese, and diagonally across the street is a Jewish thing, and it's again everything is written in in I guess it's Hebrew, and you, it, it's like wow, look at what Brooklyn has to offer. In one city block, you have all of these cultures, and in that area, which I am quite familiar with. If you go like almost less than a mile in any direction, you have such a cultural mix. And the fact that everyone's getting along, um, I'm not saying they were their best friends, but it was clearly uh, these are residential streets, uh, you know, the, the up and down block. So 51st Street, 52nd, 53rd, 54th, 55th, and then 6th Avenue, 7th Avenue, 9th Avenue, 10th Avenue. Um, you know, the avenues have stores and restaurants and the side streets um, have residents. And, you know, I don't know other places that have that degree of diversity. Let's face it. There aren't that many places on the planet where you have the intense um, concentration of the Hasidic community. So and, and let's you know, they, they dress differently. Uh, so it's it's no secret as who's who and who's living where and, and the mezuzahs on the on the door and then you could like two houses away it's clearly a chinese house and you know the, there's much more stainless steel going on in their architecture or, or it's not really architecture it's more like how they design uh their homes 
and and you know though and as I said, there was a, clearly a Hispanic uh, uh, community that was intertwined in all of this. And then, as my nephew Nicholas reminded me, you still have a few Italian American little homes because this used to be a big Italian American area, plugged in all along the way. And you know, when I think about it, I've traveled to a lot of places from Australia to Africa. Uh, many, many places in, in Europe, uh, to Japan. You, you, I, I've never seen that type of a mix that I saw last night in Brooklyn, New York. And it really it, it made me happy. Uh, I did feel safe. Now, I will tell you, it wasn't cool at all. Um, and because I'm talking about all these different mixes, and no one can accuse me of blaming one culture or another. But the whole area stunk. It smelled like garbage, like sanitation. Um, there was a lot of garbage out on the street. I don't know if it was pickup day or the day before pickup day, but there was, you know, on the curb, there was a ton of garbage and it was warm yesterday, but it wasn't like uh, 95 degrees, but it stunk. And it was, I was like, Luca, doesn't it just smell? And we had to walk a couple of blocks from where the car was parked to the residence that we went to go pay our respects. And, you know, we need to work on some sanitation over there because it was, it was very unpleasant. Um, the um, the shiver call in and of itself, you know, for folks who are not as intertwined in the Hasidic community as this Roman Catholic Sicilian guy is, you know, you walk into a house and it's packed. So these are not large homes to begin with. And they're packed with men initially. And I happened to be there when a very, very prestigious rabbi was there, Rabbi Rabinowitz, who's the Munkach rabbi. And uh, so they're, they're all sitting around him and he's sitting with the deceased sons and they're involved in prayer. So I'm not going to interrupt. There's some candles being lit. Um, unlike uh, other Jewish shiva calls where there's like, like a lot of food around, there's no food. There's, there's no food. The only ones who are eating with some of the family members who they sit shiver from eight in the morning until midnight. Um, so in the front, it's only men all dressed in the long black coats with the hats, with the white shirts, with the talus and the deceased family members wear ripped clothes. They rip their clothes, I guess, to show the pain that they're in. And then they said, go say hello to the women. The women are all segregated. They're all in the back. They're all in the kitchen. And there was like, I don't know, 40 or 50 men and maybe 25 women in the back and their family members. And I know them. I know them for, I know some of them for a long time. I know the deceased family. And it's very interesting because I'm a hugger and a kisser and a, you know, you can't touch them at all. Um, and of course I want to hug the deceased wife, um, but I didn't do that. But it's, you know, and there's Luca, right? Here's this 15 <laughs> year old boy. And uh, he's looking at this scene that is not a typical scene for him, but he handled it well. And I'm very glad we went and paid our respects. And then we drove like whatever, eight minutes into Bay Ridge after being with the, the Jewish folks and the <clears throat> Chinese folks and the uh, Hispanic American folks. And <clears throat> we went to a Greek restaurant called the Blue Door in Bay Ridge and had a big Greek salad. So I hear Doc Sorensen paying in the background, Severinsen. Um, 94 years old. Happy birthday to you. Joan, we're coming back and we're going to end the show talking about a little bit about finance. Is that what we're going to do? We're going to talk about money and see how, see how we're doing with, with money and inflation and credit. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-27. ReliefFactor.com, that's where you go to to order or to read about. Read about the effect it's had on people. It's it's a wonder drug. I don't know if drug is the right word but because you don't need a prescription. But it is. It's a wonder drug. It's, it's like a miracle pill because it relieves the vast majority of its users of most or all of their muscle or joint pain. And here's the honest thing that they say that is unique, in my opinion, among products. If it doesn't work in three weeks, it probably won't work. How's that for a product maker? So you have a three-week price of nineteen ninety-five plus shipping, to be precise. Give it, give it that try. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. Go to ReliefFactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, the number 4-RELIEF, to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 the mission one two three four five numbers most important for prostate cancer treatment one excellent results two avoiding robotic surgery three maintaining sexual function four keeping urinary control five avoiding robotic surgeries penis shortening one two three four five our goals of prostate cancer treatment for you i'm dr lederman men with prostate cancer wish great results avoiding robotic surgery maintaining sexual and urinary life and penis integrity meet dr lederman to learn more for free booklet dv Call two and two choices. All outpatient, 1384 Broadway at 38th. Most insurance, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. Call Dr. Lederman, two and two choices. Decades of experience treating thousands with prostate cancer. One, two, three, four, five. Results avoiding robotic surgery, quality of life, penis integrity. One, two, three, four, five. You'll be number one with Dr. Lederman. Call two and two choices, two and two choices. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. thing you don't want to give away is your money um and you don't want to give away your credit rating um but you don't want to have a bad credit rating so let's talk to 
Paul Alster. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's referred to as America's credit repairman. And Equifax and Experian and TransUnion, those companies that have a, a, a large effect on whether you get a mortgage, whether you could buy a car or lease a car or get a credit card. And if you go to PC Richards and you want a new credit card or Costco or wherever it is, they, you know, they, they rely on one of those three entities to determine who you are. So Paul Oster, the credit repairman, I heard that there's some changes afoot uh, regarding some of the way the these three companies treat your credit report. What say you? So this is a really big uh, deal for consumers because for the first time, you know, in history, the credit bureaus themselves, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, have agreed to not report paid medical collections. On top of that, in the beginning of next year, medical collections that are less than $500 will also not be reported. And the time in between a medical billing company, you know, sends your account into collections and when it gets reported is being extended from 12 months to a year. So, again, really big stuff for consumers, a great thing, you know, to give a boost to their credit scores. You're talking about tens of millions of people that have at least one uh, medical collection on their credit report. So uh, just just let's lay it out. Now, <laughs> Does it matter the amount of money? So hypothetically, you know, I, I, uh, I'm friends with lawyers at a firm called Connors and Sullivan, and they talk about how expensive, you know, the medical expenses can be. So if you have a $25,000, $30,000, you know, medical f- expense that you have not paid or you've defaulted on, what, what, what are they going to just say, okay, don't worry, we're going to take that off your report? No, no. So if it's, again, if it's, if it's above 500, it will get reported. If it's below $500, it will not get reported. But if you settle it, if you pay it and satisfy it, in the past, that account, that collection could stay on your report for up to seven years, even after it's paid, and it continues to, to cause damage to your credit scores. So the fact that they're going to remove paid medical collections not report medical collections uh, less than $500 and give us a a six-month extension, six months to 12 months before those accounts even get reported, that those are big things for consumers. So give us us some examples of uh, day in and day out, because I'm affected by this. We we all are. Actually, tomorrow I have a call with my banker about uh, an event, a financial event, where my credit report will be run. Um, tell people, you you know, talk to us like we're fifth graders, you know, what are the biggest pitfalls or the biggest uh, problems that, that affect our credit report that we wouldn't really think about it. Like I just read, like I have a credit card that I do not use. I haven't used it. I, I, it's got a $20,000 line of credit. It was like an emergency card just in case the world caved in. And I don't think I'm going to, I, why am I paying whatever it is, $200 a year for something I don't use and God willing, I'm not going to need, and I want to cancel it. And apparently I read that if you cancel a credit card that even has zero balance on it, you've almost never used it, it's going to negatively affect my credit report. First of all, is that true? And uh, second of all, you know, what other events like that would negatively affect your credit report? Sure. So without looking at your individual report, it's hard to tell. But I'll tell you this. Let's call it 90% of the time or, or better. If a consumer closes a credit card, it's a negative impact 
to their credit scores. And the reason being is you will lose whatever available credit you have on that card. That's called your utilization ratio. And you lose the credit history associated with that card. So that's why, you, you know, no one should cancel a credit card without really looking at it, maybe speaking to a credit expert uh, before you do that. But you had mentioned the, the pitfalls. The biggest pitfall here actually lies on us because as consumers, you know, typically we don't pay attention to our credit until we want to, we want to get a mortgage. We want to buy a house. We've got to, you know, finance something. And then we take a look at our scores when the reality is, unfortunately, in today's environment, people should be checking your reports on a regular basis. If not for inaccuracies, uh, what about identity theft? It's, it is and it's going to continue to be the fastest growing crime in the country. So look at those reports as soon as possible. Go over them with a fine tooth comb. And, you know, contact the bureaus if you find any mistakes or, or you want to verify and validate the information that's on those reports. So we're talking to Paul Oster, who Oster, who's uh, American's credit repairman. Paul, I've been getting a lot of uh, solicitations lately, and I don't know if they're true or not true, but they're from like my credit card that I've had for a long time, whether it's American Express or Visa or MasterCard saying, Free credit, uh, you know, we'll give you your credit score for free. We'll give you a credit score. Check your credit score. Click here, whatever. And I avoid doing that because I've also heard around the campfire that when you check your credit score, it negatively affects your credit score. So give us a little guidance. You know, you said you should check your your credit score on a regular basis. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, does checking your credit score negatively affect your credit score? And since you're advising people regularly check your credit score, what's the best way to do that? Sure. When you want to check your own credit score, it does not have a negative impact. That's called a soft inquiry. The only time checking your score or or, or having an inquiry is when it's a hard inquiry. When you apply for financing, that's a hard inquiry, and it will have a negative impact on your credit score. But if you want to check it, you could. I uh, I don't think you have to check it every day, but you could check it as often as you like, and it won't have a negative impact. And how, sh- how should you check it? Here's the best way. Go to annualcreditreport.com. That's annualcreditreport.com. Everybody's entitled to one free credit report every year. And the only caveat being you won't get your credit scores, but we've become crazy with scores. And there's a million different scores out there. Um, just focus on the information. It's always the information that's going to drive the credit scores anyway. So focus on the information. Get a copy of that credit report as soon as possible. Go over it. If you want me to review it, we do a free credit analysis and consultation. I'll look at it for you. We'll look for red flags of identity theft. We'll look for things that are questionable um, that could get deleted and help you increase your scores. But you got to get a copy of the report as soon as possible because, uh, you know, if, if not, you're, it's a guessing game. And – uh, two more questions. So, so the the uh, solicitation I'm getting from my, one of my credit cards, it says, you know, click here to check your credit score. Do you, you know anything about that? Have you heard about this from other clients? And, and is that credit score yeah. that may pop up, is that valid? It is. It is. So fortunately, the banks and, and, you know, financial institutions came under tremendous pressure. Look, our credit scores carry so much power. It's going to cost or save us money every single month. And 
consumers didn't have easy access to those scores. So tremendous pressure was put on the banks and the creditors to say, hey, start giving people access not only to a score. It's not a FACO score. Most of the time, if it's offered by a major bank, it is a FICO score, albeit it is a consumer FICO score. So not to really muddy the waters, but you have mortgage FICO scores. You have auto financing FICO scores. You have credit card FICO scores. You have insurance scores. There's lots of different FICO scores, but at least they are FICO scores. They're going to be much, much closer than any of those other crazy websites out there that offer you free credit, uh, free credit monitoring, free credit reports. Those are all FACO scores. And, and you know, I, I say to people, they're not free, right? There's a, re- there's a reason why they're, they're promoting that stuff. Your, your information is going to get sold to 10 million telemarketers, um, and you will be heavily, heavily telemarketed and solicited if you sign up for one of those free consumer credit monitoring programs. So, Paul Oster from uh, American Credit Repair, if people want to talk to you or, or run their credit report by you, how do they find you? Just go to betterqualified.com. The, the free credit analysis and consultation is brief. I mean, it literally takes 10 minutes uh, to get through the process. And then at least you'll have a roadmap, uh, you know, how to get from point A to point B. At this point in time, every consumer needs to be above a 700. Things are going to get a little worse before they get better. And unfortunately, people with lower credit scores are going to get hurt the worst. Because when there's a downturn in the market, creditors tighten their, their, their guidelines. And when those guidelines tighten, interest rates go up much higher for somebody who has a lower credit score. All right, Paul Alster, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a wrap on a Thursday night here at the Author Idella Power Hour. We will talk to you tomorrow. We'll be live and local. See you around. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.